the wrestling world had seen no woman quite like Sunny in the mid-1990s. Sunny was an absolute bombshell, one of the few bright sparks during the WWE's mediocre New Generation era. She was an intoxicating combination of good looks, outgoing charisma and a charm that led to many young men falling in love with her while watching on TV. Sure, there had been plenty of other women in the business prior to Sunny's debut in 1995, but none of them ticked all of the boxes in quite the same way. Miss Elizabeth was certainly beautiful, and everyone wanted Sherry Martell as a manager, but Sonny combined both and so much more. Sonny was a new kind of woman in wrestling for the 1990s as she took confidently to the microphone and gave as good as she got from the men around her. That confidence didn't go unnoticed by Vince McMahon. He saw how special Sonny was, and it wouldn't be long before she was rocketed to the moon, becoming AOL's most downloaded celebrity in 1996. Sonny's momentum was at an all-time high as she was promoted to beyond just being a manager by WWE officials. However, nothing has ever been guaranteed in the wrestling world. While Vince McMahon might have recognised how special Sonny was, that didn't place her above and beyond everyone else on the roster, and she was not immune to the rules. Soon, everything would come crashing down for Sunny as she was fired from the job that made her a genuine crossover celebrity. 1998 would be the start of a slippery slope, a slow-motion wreck of a life that has led up to where she is today. As of the making of this piece, Sunny, real name Tamara Lynn Sitch, is being held awaiting trial. If convicted, Sitch could be facing 26 years in prison. Sitch grew up with strict parents in New Jersey before studying at the University of Tennessee. At the age of 17, she started dating wrestler Chris Candido, which would be the start of a tumultuous relationship between the pair. In 1992, Knoxville, Tennessee-based indie promotion Smoky Mountain Wrestling was picking up steam with Jim Cornette booking the territory to mostly fantastic reviews. Sitch had no intention of getting into the wrestling business to begin with. However, she did decide to accompany Candido to the ring while he was working for Smoky Mountain after Jim Cornette offered her a six-month contract. By 1993, Smoky Mountain had effectively become a feeder promotion for WWE, providing them with new, young, ring-ready wrestlers all chomping at the bit for a chance on the big stage. Sitch and Candido debuted on WWE TV in early 1995. Cornette had already been appearing on and off for WWE since 1993. In an interview, Cornette said, We go to the WWF and that's where the problem started because, in hindsight and probably trying to do a little psychological work, she always had a high opinion of herself and it was validated by her becoming a big star. That was the beginning of trouble. Sitch first appeared on WWE TV alongside Candido, and they were branded as a pair of fitness freaks known as Sonny and Skip, aka the Body Donners. The duo debuted as heels, and Sonny would berate the fans in the crowd while they were on the way down to the ring, calling them fat, lazy slobs and doing jumping jacks. Skip would even do push-ups on his fallen opponents. Sonny and Skip's backstage vignettes were fantastic, mostly thanks to Sonny's easy charisma on the microphone. 
They were both really easy to dislike as Sonny espoused how sexy and fit they both were. It was clear from this early stage that Sonny was a natural talent. She was radiant and undeniably gorgeous to look at. Sonny really stood out in the mid-90s at a time when the female presence on WWE TV was minimal. Candido was named most underrated wrestler of the year and Tom Pritchard aka Zip soon formed a tag team with Skip and they both won the vacant world tag team titles in March 1996 of the Wrestlemania 12 pre-show. In reality, Sitch and Candido were maintaining the relationship they started before getting into the wrestling business, but all was not as well as it appeared on the surface. In her autobiography, Sitch said, Late in 1996, things started to get pretty rocky between Chris and me, and we decided to take a little break. Many nights he stayed at his mother's house or his father's house or got a hotel room. While you're on the road with somebody 24-7, you tend to get on each other's nerves. We weren't totally broken up per se, but we weren't totally together either. We kept up the charade of being a happy couple at work because it really wasn't anyone's business. Shawn Michaels was living up to his moniker as the heartbreak kid at the time and not allowing the feelings of anybody else to get in his way. Michaels was infamously beaten to within an inch of his life by a soldier whose girlfriend he was hitting on in a bar. Sitch took care of Michaels in the aftermath of the fight and accompanied him to the emergency room and that was the beginning of their affair. Sitch went on to say, I was in love with Shawn Michaels when I was 13 years old. So now, being a co-worker and in the same locker room as him, I couldn't help but admire him, up close and personal. He was always very nice to me, much different from how he treated the boys, with the exception being the guys in the clique. He was extremely charming and even more handsome and sexy than he was back when I was 13. The pair flaunted their brief but intense affair right in front of Candido. The couple even went on vacation together to Jamaica. In her book, Sitch wrote that she would have sex with Michaels multiple times a night backstage. Members of the clique, she said, would take turns standing watch outside locker rooms while they screwed. According to Bruce Pritchard, Candido was deeply affected by the situation. He definitely, I mean, suspected it, and he definitely heard the rumours, and definitely was internally battling it constantly on a daily basis. Jesus Christ, being there, you felt horrible for him because you want to shake him. Well, he could have walked away from her and walked away from the situation. He knew. He definitely knew. And he ate him up. While Candido elicited sympathy at first, many of his peers in the locker room were incredulous that he didn't act, either by confronting the pair or by finishing the relationship. The fact that he did nothing, people got to the point where they stopped feeling sorry for him and were kind of like, okay, dumbass, if you're not going to do anything, you're going to let this little girl run all over you and do this shit in your face that you don't deserve anybody to feel bad for you because you're letting it happen and you're not doing anything about it. Doing nothing basically made the situation worse for Candido and the way the guys looked at him. And then it became the viewpoint of Sonny and Sean, kind of like, well, the boyfriend doesn't care, so why should we care? It's no surprise to hear that Shawn Michaels didn't think or care about Candido during the affair, considering his personality and personal problems at the time. However, it speaks volumes as to the character of Sitch. She went on to allegedly become intimate with other wrestlers in the locker room too. In a 2012 shoot interview, Sitch said that she went on to sleep with Davy Boy Smith after finishing with Michael. Considering that Smith was married to Diana Hart at the time, 
His daughter, Georgia Smith, has refuted the allegations from Sitch. I've been contacted, tweeted about the whole Sunny affair regarding my dad. I don't want to give this topic any attention, but this is complete lies, and with what my brother, my mother, and what my family have been through, she should have more respect. Also, I don't know what she gets out of boasting, bragging about sleeping with thousands of wrestlers. That is pretty sad and pathetic. Sitch was also rumoured to be linked with Bret Hart. However, Sitch has always denied that allegation. That story was likely started by Shawn Michaels himself and exacerbated by his comments during a promo on Raw in 1997. You couldn't go 10 minutes in any situation, if you know what I mean even though you've had some sunny days. Hart's wife was said to be livid after hearing that comment live on TV. Hart has always also denied any sexual connection with Sitch. By 1997, on WWE TV, Sunny had moved on to big things. Months before, AOL had named her the most downloaded celebrity on the internet, and WWE were giving her lots more to do on screen. Sonny had gone on to manage other superstars and was given hosting duties for several WWE TV shows, including Livewire and Shotgun Saturday Night. She even began to cross over into the mainstream as she appeared on MTV. Outwardly, the sky seemed to be the limit. Backstage, however, things were starting to slip for Sitch as the year wore on. Famously, she was utterly detested backstage by Bill Moody, also known as Paul Bearer. Rumour says that Moody adored Candido and took massive offence to how Sitch had treated him. Bruce Pritchard said, They didn't get along and it was very high schoolish and just kind of back and forth nipping at each other and they didn't like one another. Sometimes, not everyone you work with, you'll actually get along with. An alleged addiction to painkillers meant that Sitch was becoming sloppy, appearing late for TV shows and no showing at all in some cases. And now there was a new blonde bombshell on the scene in the form of Rena Miro, also known as Sable. Sonny was the first, but man, all of a sudden, the newer model came along and it was like, uh-oh. So I would debate the jealousy thing. I think it was pretty much 99.5% jealousy. Sable was the hottest thing and she was outselling Sunny. She did outsell Sunny and she was blowing her out of the water as far as merchandise sales and everything else. So all of a sudden there is competition and there's a new hotter babe in town and you've got Sunny that has been here a few years and she's not showing up on time, she's not coherent a lot and all of that other good stuff. So now you've got the new model here and Rena's new, she's A, willing to do anything and she's up. And by the way, the reaction she gets when she walks out there is huge. The heat between Sitch and Miro came as no surprise to those working in WWE at the time. Sitch had been the only woman that mattered in the promotion for years until now. Jim Ross said, It was what you expected to happen. Sonny's got the whole domain. She has the monopoly on that territory. And all of a sudden, there is a new storefront coming to town that's going to be selling their goods. So it's competition. And that didn't sit well with some people, which is unfortunate. But that's just the way it is. And it wasn't a surprise. It's not like, man, I never thought Sonny and Sable would not get along. Bullshit. Are you kidding? Of course, they're not going to get along. If Sitch had been less of a handful, then the two women might have coexisted in WWE. However soon, it wouldn't matter. Sitch had allowed her drug abuse to spiral out of control. By the summer of 1998, Sitch had repeatedly no-showed events and was lying to cover for her absences. On one occasion, it's reported that Sitch allegedly told Linda McMahon that she had miscarried a child. 
but Sitch was unable to produce any medical documentation to support that claim. When WWE officials asked Sitch to enter rehab, she refused, and then they fired her. The sun had gone down on Sitch's time in WWE, and her life started to enter a massive downward spiral. Sitch started appearing for ECW just four days after her release, and she appeared at Heatwave 98, where she helped Candido pick up a win over Lance Storm. Having seemingly learned nothing, it wouldn't be long before Sitch had to take some time off due to her drug abuse issues. Sitch returned to ECW for a short time thereafter, but both she and Candido left in December 1999 after Sitch had allegedly been found passed out in a locker room backstage. Sitch and Candido landed in WCW for a few months during 2000 thanks to Vince Russo. Just like so much that went unexplained on WCW TV at the time, both Sitch and Candido just stopped appearing on screen all of a sudden. The story that's come out in the interim is that Kimberly Page allegedly found drugs on Sitch backstage in the WCW women's locker room. That will be her third firing in two years, and she had officially scored the hat-trick from all three major wrestling promotions in the US. In 2005, Chris Candido tragically passed away. Candido broke two bones in his leg and dislocated his shoulder while appearing for TNA. After leaving hospital, Candido started feeling unwell and was rushed back into the hospital where he was diagnosed with acute pneumonia. He died shortly after due to complications. A documentary was later produced looking back at the life and times of Chris Candido, featuring interviews with many of his peers, including Balls Mahoney, Shane Douglas and Mick Foley. Sitch, however, was not asked to be involved, causing her to lash out. I won't take the time to read this statement out, I don't feel like I need to give it oxygen, but feel free to pause it and read it for yourself. It's a disgusting way for Sitch to speak to the relatives of her dead lover. Sometime after Candido's death, Sitch got into a relationship with a New Jersey police officer. The relationship ended, presumably, when the cop came to his senses. New Jack, a former ECW wrestler who was considered to be genuinely homicidal during his time on this planet, later stated that Sitch approached him and asked him to murder her ex-lover. Online, New Jack wrote the following. Again, feel free to pause it and read. Sitch would later refute those allegations on Facebook. You'll also have to use your judgement on the GoFundMe page that Sitch set up a few years ago. Some onlookers have doubted the credibility of those claims. Sitch would be easier to believe if she hadn't repeatedly hustled fans in order to raise money over the years. Her remaining fan base no doubt salivated over the adult movie she starred in, only wishing they didn't have to squint in order to remember what she looked like when she was in WWE. And who can forget the absolute cringe fest that came about at a fan convention where fans were charged a premium to get in bed with Sonny and have a photo taken. I mean, these photos smell of desperation. Sitch joined OnlyFans in 2020. In her words, OnlyFans gave her the platform to reinvent herself. Fans were not convinced with the content on offer, however, with one fan tweeting, her OnlyFans is trash. It's like stumbling across some drunk soccer mom's FetLife account. 
Of course, those tumultuous years since leaving the wrestling business have been costly to Sitch thanks to her problems around substance abuse. In 2012, Sitch was arrested five times in a four-week period for disorderly conduct, third-degree burglary, and three counts of violating a protective order. She served 114 days in a Connecticut jail. In 2015, Sitch was arrested three times for driving under the influence and went to jail until February 2017. While on probation, Sitch was arrested for two DUIs and was charged with fleeing the scene of an accident. Even after this, Sitch still continued to flaunt the law as she was charged with contempt of court. In January 2022, it seemed that Sitch had reached her zenith of law-breaking when she was arrested for unlawfully possessing a weapon and making terroristic threats. The charges came from an incident where she allegedly threatened to murder an intimate partner with a pair of scissors. Sitch was staring down a possible 11-year prison sentence for that one. However, it wasn't the end. Sitch's actions finally came to affect another human being, this time fatally on March the 25th, 2022. Sitch was involved in a car crash in Florida that killed a 75-year-old man. The police report says that Sitch was driving a 2012 Mercedes-Benz when she crashed into the back of the man's 2013 Kia Sorento that was stopped at a red light. Witnesses told police that she was speeding when she crashed into the gentleman. Toxicology reports showed that Sitch had a blood alcohol content that was three and a half times the legal limit during the crash. Now Sitch is sat in jail, awaiting trial. If convicted, she faces 26 years in prison. Bruce Pritchard said, I don't think she's a good person. I truly want to believe that everyone is a good person deep down, I really do. But some people aren't. Like the asshole that poisoned dogs this week and killed them. I think that's a bad person. She may be in the category of being a bad person. While taking the last three decades into account, it's hard to disagree with Bruce's summary on Tammy Sitch.